Welcome back to season three of the Chase Brewster Show. I am your host, Chase Brewster. Today, we have the most anticipated guest so far of the Chase Brewster Show, someone who means the world to me, uh, someone who's been a mentor to me, uh, a semi-father figure to me. Now I can finally say a friend of mine. Uh, the hardest guest I had to get on the show, I literally had to beg and beg and beg when he would answer my text messages. Um, a very, very accomplished player. Well, one of the best coaches in the country, in my opinion. Some would say one of, if not the best player to ever play for Coach Dave Van Horn. None other than the University of Nebraska's head coach, Coach Will Bolt. How are you doing today, Coach? Hey, great. Thanks for having me on, Chase. I, and I really appreciate the intro, I think. There was some good stuff in there. Um, maybe a couple digs, but that's all right. I love you. We're good. Well. Coach, it's uh, it's it's awesome to have you on, Coach. Who would ever thought that you'd be coming on my podcast? You'd be you'd be a Power Five head coach coming on my podcast. Fifteen years, 10, 15 years later, after we spent all those times at Georgia Dobson Field, life's life's awesome. Yeah, I mean, back a lot of lot of fun times spent back in Texarkana, like you said, George Dobson Field, and. A lot, of, a lot of hard work has gone in uh, both sides through the years, so I'm glad to see you have success. Well, we got to catch up a couple months ago. Me and my wife were in Omaha, Lincoln, and got to catch up with you and your beautiful family. So uh, it's been a while since I've seen you. Obviously, we love you guys and thank the world of you. So uh, this won't be as heartfelt because we, we just saw each other not long ago after it had been way too long. Uh, but get to catch up for all the listeners we just had a great season two. We had over 30,000 streams. So hopefully season three will be even better. So, uh, you know, definitely wanted to tell all the listeners, you know, your story and what you mean to me. Hopefully everybody knows uh, you, you're a very decorated coaching career, playing career. But uh, hopefully as this comes out, you guys will be looking to make another run at winning the Big Ten again. I know you guys have retooled and, and uh, retooled your coaching staff, retooled your roster and looking to make another run. But before we get through all that, we get to talking about how much, uh, you know, you love me and, and everything uh, of your past at Texarkana. Kind of wanted to start, uh, you know, kind of as, as an amateur player, uh, Conroe, Texas native, like many good Texas players, you were a really, really good middle infielder coming up, uh, kind of committed late back in the day. Um, I kind of remember the story. I was one of those uh, nerds that used to hang out in the coach's office every day, so I've heard the story a few times, but I, I think back in the day, maybe Coach Van Horn was recruiting you to Northwestern State at the time, and I don't think that was really good enough for you. I think maybe McClendon was in there a little bit, if I remember, and, and maybe Temple or some other schools. I don't really remember 100%, uh, but kind of take us through your recruiting process uh, back in 1998 and what you were thinking and how you ended up at the University of Nebraska playing for Coach Van Horn. Yeah, you got you got most of those details right there. Um, like you said, I'm from Conroe, Texas, originally. Uh, graduated in 1998. Um, didn't didn't have a lot of love uh, from the D1 schools. Um, I was 
uh, had signed with McLennan Junior College, um, and really um, I had had some some background there. So my my cousin, who is from Chattanooga, Tennessee, um, had randomly uh, signed with McLennan probably about seven or eight years prior. Um, that that's kind of how it got on my radar, uh, McLennan Junior College, and they were really good at the time too. Whenever I was uh, about to graduate high school, and my also my high school head coach, Mike Farrell, um, his son, Russ, um, who I really looked up to as well, who's a high school coach now down in Texas. And his, his brother's my best friend. It was in my wedding. Uh, one of my best friends, Lou Farrell, um, is a high school coach down in Texas right now as well. Um, he had, Russ had gone to McLennan. So I kind of had a little bit of, you know, some, some guys that I had looked up to in the game that, that had gone to McLennan and I thought that was pretty cool when I got offered a scholarship there. So I, I signed with McLennan, um, in the fall of my senior year. And then, uh, I really didn't have any division one offers at the time. Northwestern state was the only one. And, uh, Dave Van Horn was the head coach at the time at Northwestern state. Uh, Rob Childers was his recruiting coordinator. Lane Burroughs was there on staff at one point in time. Matt Deggs was there on staff as well. Uh, so a lot of really good coaches and, and those guys really believed in me as a player. Um, they offered me a scholarship at Northwestern state, went on a visit there. And, uh, you know, I basically had told those guys like, Hey, I really like everything you guys are doing. I really appreciate, you know, the offer, but I'm, I'm going to kind of bet on myself and, and I'd love a chance to play the big 12. So I'm going to, I'm going to kind of wait and see what happens my senior year. And maybe I'll have a chance to do that. Texas A&M was actually my dream school. And uh, I was kind of being lightly recruited by Baylor and Rice as well. So was going to try to bet on myself and see uh, see what happened uh, my senior year, which, again, times have changed a little bit since then, right? I mean, you don't see much of that anymore. But back then, that was not too unusual of a time frame. So uh, turned those guys down in the fall. Uh, I got a call a, a couple months later uh, from Rob Childers, and he said, hey, Will, um, Heard you, you know, you said you wanted to play in the Big 12. Um, well, you know, Coach Van Horn and I just got to Nebraska. This was in January um, of 1998. And they had just gotten the job right before the college baseball season. And again, you got to remember back then, no social media, you know, no Twitter, none of that stuff. So, like, word didn't travel very fast. So I had no clue, no idea that those guys had left Northwestern State. I was just there two months earlier and we're now at Nebraska. And, you know, ironically at the time, um, Coach Childers said that, and I said, I, I didn't even know Nebraska had a baseball team <laughs> because you just didn't know anything about it. I mean, being a Texas kid, um, just didn't know anything about Nebraska. So I ended up going on a visit there um, in January uh, of my senior year and right before baseball season started. They offered me a scholarship there. I kind of hemmed and hawed a little bit, played a little bit of my season. Um, and really just of the urging of my parents, honestly, they said, you know, we really love this coaching staff. We really enjoyed, you know, the visits to Nebraska. Those guys believe in you. You're going to have a chance to play as a freshman. We think this is going to be the best thing for you. Um, so I made that decision and it came down to, you know, was I going to take the, the scholarship offer from Nebraska or continue to wait on somebody else that hadn't offered me yet? And uh, I'd say I'd made the right decision. Um, and chose to come to Nebraska and kind of the rest is history as far as my playing career. I had a chance to, to play in a couple of college world series. I was a four-year starter, played on some really, really good teams and, and probably more importantly, made some lifelong friends and, and had some lifelong mentors that, 
uh, allowed me to get in the game as a as a college baseball coach. Well, I got a couple questions before you move too fast on me. Um, unlike normal, I'll be the one controlling this this setting right here, coach. I know, I know that's a little difficult for you, but uh, no. before you move a little too fast on me, I got two questions for you. Why was Nebraska open in January? And also, how miserable was your visit? Because Lincoln in January is not fun. Okay, to answer your first question, um, so Nebraska's head coach at the time had um, he had been fired actually uh, mid-season. Uh, I mean, actually mid-semester, basically before the season started. So I don't really know the details, nor do I wish to get into the details. Even if I did, um, I just know that that. The timing was such that Bill Byrne, who was the AD at the time, um, he reached out to Dave. Dave was an up-and-coming head coach um, and, and uh, you know, offered him the job. And um, I think I think Rob at the time had to make a decision whether he was going to stay at Northwestern State and potentially be the head coach or come to Nebraska. Uh, obviously very thankful that both those guys made that decision to come here and that they offered me a scholarship. Uh, so I don't really know – much other than that, um, they got there pretty quickly, and uh, you know they didn't. That's really rare. Much. Yeah, very. That's very rare. rare. Yeah. Very rare. Yeah. So I'm sure the story now would be a lot more publicized, like I said, because of social media and whatnot. Um, but yeah, so my visit, yeah, in January there was snow in the outfield. Um, we were back at Buck Belzer Stadium, which uh, had a turf infield and a grass outfield. There was grass. There was uh, snow in the outfield. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I basically – it was cold, but I made the decision. I said, you know what, we're not playing baseball here in January. Um, and we got all these cool indoor facilities and places that we can practice when it's cold. And, um, you know, and plus I'm not soft, so that, that made that decision a lot easier too. <laughs> as much as I love Coach Van Horn, that's it's, – it's so, it's so ironic because I'm pretty sure he went to Central Missouri in this semester too. So that's twice that in right? his career. Yeah, because he, uh, yeah, he he left TC at break two. When he left okay. there and went to Central Missouri, when they won the World Series that year. So anyway, was what not, a footnote! What, what a what a footnote that guy's. So you go to Nebraska, you play for the legend. I don't know if he's a legend yet. Well, before I get there, what a staff that was at Northwestern. Who was the fourth guy? Lane Burrows is a legend, by the way. Rob's a yep. legend. Dave's yep. a legend. Who was the fourth guy? Matt Deggs. Oh, Deggs a legend. He don't ever yeah. answer my calls either, so that's why y'all hung out together. I get Dave <laughs> on the phone more than any of y'all. That's awesome. That's. Did you know all those guys were legends back then? Well, I mean, you kind of you're around somebody. Um, that's a lot of energy, you know, actually, in one room. At yeah, 30, thirty-five years old. Yeah, you get a you get a lot of uh, you kind of get your first impression, especially as an impressionable kid, and you go on a visit and yeah, I mean, I was, I was very much impressed with, with that entire staff. Uh, coach Burroughs was actually the coach that showed me around uh, mainly when I was on my visit. And I think Deggs was, was back and forth. I think he was at Texarkana at one point and, and at Northwestern state. I don't really remember the details of that one. Um, I know Matt yelled at me. I think at one point when I told him I wasn't going to go to Texarkana um, and we laugh about that one years later. Um, when he was the head coach of Texarkana, he wasn't too happy when I told him I was going to sign with McLennan. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, obviously star studded cast and, and coach Van Horn kind of attracted those type of people. He, he's a good one. Speaking of one thing I was going to say earlier too, when you talk about getting mad, uh, you'll never remember this, but I remember one time I was in your office, you were just talking about your wedding earlier. This is how my mind works earlier. Our, this is 15 years ago. Now I go, I never understand. It's so stupid 
people have their dads as their best man in their wedding. That's so stupid. And you were like, my dad was the best man in my wedding. And I pissed you <laughs> off so bad. I, just, I thought about that earlier when you were saying that, speaking of people getting mad. But anyway, uh, 1999, I would have been 10 years old. You were starting 59 games for the Cornhuskers. Uh, you, you were obviously a really good player. Um, we were just talking before we got on the air. I, I remember you being uh, obviously larger than life. I thought you were a four-year starter at shortstop. Um, played a little second, played a little short, played a little third base. And four years, what you did was impressive. What Coach Van Horn did was even more impressive, maybe. Um, I don't think the trajectory of Nebraska baseball was where it was about to go. I don't know that they were going to, you know, I don't know that they had been to the College World Series as much as they were about to play in the next, uh, you know, four or five-year run. Uh, but, but Coach, it, it was impressive what you did. You hit. 319 in, in 2002. Uh, in four years, you left with a 305 batting average. You were the Minneapolis regional MVP as a sophomore. You hit 545 for the Big Red, uh, won the school's first ever regional title, uh, made one of the most memorable plays in the school's history, catching the final out in the 01 regional against Rice to go to the first ever World Series. Uh, you finished your career holding six records and games played, games started at bats, hits, and doubles and assists. You're top five in doubles, games played, assists, hits, and runs scored. Anybody that knows, uh, been around you or, or shared a dugout with you or a field or a practice knows you. You always got a lot of energy. You, I'm sure you played when you were hurt. You were you were the opposite of Brad Flanders. I'm sure there was no TV tape or uh, not a lot of, you know, uh, sleeves and stuff like that. Uh, I can imagine that you gave it all every day. Very surprised you were thrown out seven times your sophomore year just knowing you. Um, <laughs> But you, uh, I'm sure you were really fun to watch. Again, I was 10, and, and we did not have ESPN Plus back then. Um, but, man, just, just take me through that run. Like, you've always been a winner your entire career. You guys are winning at a, what, just unbelievable fashion. You played with some unbelievable players. And, and um, you know, just, just that whole time frame of big leaguers and big league coaches and big league players. And, I mean, you were as successful as any of them. And uh, you really left your mark on on the uh, on the program, and I know it means a lot to you. And uh, I'm sure it's not a place in 1998 you thought would mean so much to you, but here you are now, the leader of the program and one of the most essentially famous alumni in school history. Kind of take me through what those years meant to you as an 18, 19, you know, 20, 21 year old kid, and, and you know how how it was for you. Yeah, I mean, it, it was obviously a um, life-changing experience, uh, to say the least. Just um, coming, you know, I'm an only child coming from Texas. Uh, my parents urged me to come to Nebraska and, and um, play for a coaching staff that believed in me. And um, I, I just – the thing that – you know, and the, these are things that we preach to our players. I know every coach in the country um, – probably has a similar message, but the things I remember most have so much less to do with personal accolades, success, you know, any good game I might've had personally. Um, and, and so much more of the, so many more of the memories have to do with teammates. Um, you know, just being part of building something special is something I take a tremendous amount of pride in just coming in with that large group of, of new players there at, at Nebraska in the fall of 98. Um, I mean, like you said, a lot of big leaguers in that group, uh, guys from all different parts of the country. I mean, my, my roommates were uh, Shane Comine, uh, who was the best pitcher in school history, bar none, one of the best college pitchers in school and in, in NCAA history. 
he's a Hawaiian. He's a five foot nine Hawaiian. And then my other roommates were two Canadians. And so we had a Texan, a Hawaiian and two, two Canadians living in the same, um, same apartment for a couple of years. Um, and just a lot of different guys from a lot of different walks of life that we came together for a common goal. Uh, and that was to win and, you know, be part of something special. And we just kind of built on that every year. Um, the things I'll remember again, it's, it's the championships, it's the dog piles, it's the accomplishments as a team. I mean, in 99, uh, we kind of shocked everybody and, and beat Baylor, uh, to win the, the big 12 championship at Bricktown in, in Oklahoma city that, that first year. And it was automatic bid into a regional. We would have made a regional anyway that year because we had 40 plus wins. Um, and then we kind of built on that the next year we won the tournament again. Uh, then we won the regional, uh, at Minneapolis. Uh, we were the one seed we couldn't host cause our, our facility wasn't good enough at the time. So that's why we ended up uh, going to Minneapolis and playing and we were the one seed there. Um, you know, and then we lose a heartbreaker to Stanford in game three. Um, I just don't think we realized how good we were at that point in time. I think we got to that, that point and we just played and, and we beat Stanford the first game. We lost the second game. And I think we got to game three. And I think the magnitude of like, oh, my gosh, we've got a chance to go to Omaha, maybe swallowed us a little bit more than it needed to. Um, but that group. I vividly remember the older guys on that team saying, hey, you guys have got to take the torch for us next year. And the entire 2001 season, all we talked about, what we said in the huddle, what we talked about behind closed doors, what we talked about as a, as a team, as a group, the coaches talked about it. We put a sign on the, on the wall, um, a picture of Stanford dogpiling. The entire year was, was spent saying we're going to take the next step. And we we're able to do that. The next year, we we're actually able to host. Here's a, here's a good story for you. Uh, so, you know, we like I said, we weren't able to host in 2000 because of our facility. Uh, we didn't make the same mistake. Same facility in 2001, uh, but we were more prepared this time uh, to be a, a potential host team. Uh, so one of the things that uh, our, old, our old stadium at Buck Belzer didn't have a warning track. So I still remember uh, – Rob Childers, our pitching coach, he took a sod cutter himself personally and cut a warning track at Buck Belcher Field. <laughs> so that was one of the prerequisites to host a regional. Another was that you were supposed to have bathrooms um, on the sides of the dugout. And we didn't have bathrooms. There was no plumbing. There was none of that stuff. So we actually had porta potties just brought in. <laughs> that was in the, in the uh, bathroom? I mean, in the dugout? Yeah, yeah, that was good enough. Not in the dugout, but right outside the dugout. And that was good enough for the NCAA. I guess we won enough games that they kind of overlooked it. Um, so we ended up hosting the postseason that year, beat Rice in 2001. Uh, so took that next step, went to Omaha. And then in 02, we really weren't expected to do much, honestly. We lost a lot of talent from the year before, a lot of draft picks, uh, kind of overachieved. Probably if you ask Coach Van Horn, that 2002 team at Nebraska was maybe one of the, the biggest overachieving teams he's ever had because it was just a bunch of grinders, a bunch of dudes that um, knew how to win. And we ended up going to Omaha again. And unfortunately, um, you know, weren't able to take that next step and win a national championship. But those are the things I remember. It's the teammates. It's the, it's the team accolades. 
um, you know, it's the, the camaraderie that comes from that and just how successful so many of the guys that we played with on those teams have been in their lives. And I, I truly believe it's because of all the winning that we did. When you guys went to Omaha, did y'all stay in Omaha or did y'all bust back and forth? Yeah, we stayed in Omaha. Yeah, we had, you know, they, they designate hotels for each team. And um, so, yeah, so we stayed. It was just only about about an hour bus ride uh, from campus to get there. But, yeah, we, we stayed there, did the whole experience. Uh, wouldn't have wanted it any other way. Yeah, it's kind of a zoo at times, though. So, you know, I, you know. You, oh yeah, you come from you come from you come from a long line of avoid the zoo. So you know, I, <laughs> you never know. So I got I could get this story wrong. Tell me if I'm wrong here. Uh, in your illustrious career, because this isn't a footnote on your Wikipedia page, I don't know if you have a PR guy, but this was left out. But aren't you also the last guy to get a hit at Iowa State? And they're stating. Ooh, man! Hey, you're gonna get, maybe give me credit for something that may not be in the record books that I could I could. If you want to make that footnote, I don't have a PR guy. So maybe I think I'm that's true. I think you're the last guy to ever get a hit at their stadium. Maybe that's right. I mean, I know I know for a fact that our team uh, played the very last game there. Um, and we we clinched the Big 12 championship there on the Saturday. And they, they actually beat us on Sunday uh, for them to make the Big 12 tournament uh, in their final baseball season. So – Hey, again, I don't, I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you if that's, if that's the case or not. Um, maybe, it's a real I, maybe winner, I, maybe it's a real winner when you that. don't know. <laughs> maybe I bragged about that 15 years ago and I forgot about it. I don't know. Uh, you, so one thing I, I admire about you and, and, you know, now I get older, obviously I'm in a position of mentorship or advice or whatever, you know, you start, uh, kids start reaching out for advice or whatever. And, and when I think about you and your career, you, you originally took a path of, I mean, you obviously didn't know you were going to play in two college world series. You didn't know um, you were going to end up being the head coach all these years later of your alma mater or whatever. But the one thing you didn't also know is you were going to meet um, or end up playing with what I don't know if you guys are to this day, but for a long period of time, your best friend. You know, you didn't know that you and Justin Seeley were going to be so close and um, two Texas guys ended up working together and, and for a long time and uh, being really good friends. And, and I'm not really sure that you guys would have been friends if you hadn't played together because you don't really seem like the type that would just hang out on a Friday night without baseball being involved. But maybe, I don't know. But I think about, you know, runs like that, and I think about how baseball brought y'all together in Nebraska and two Texas guys and whatever. So, um, you know, just just stuff like that, man. I really think um, what Lincoln did for, for you guys like you and, and Coach Seeley, just, just awesome, man. So, um, you know, obviously I don't know everybody that played on those teams, but a lot of – a lot of guys that obviously played the game the right way and, and got after it, and I know that's what you're trying to, I don't want to say recreate, but trying to get right now with, with uh, you know, the, the, the roster and, and kind of trying to bring that magic back to Lincoln. Yeah, like you said, I mean, there, there are just so many winners, so many guys that, um, you know, we all had a common goal. And, and Seeley, you know, Coach Seeley and I um, grew up playing against each other. We were rivals. Um, you know, we played Dixie ball, we called it back then. It was before really anybody um, played travel ball at a young age. And, yeah, we played against each other, him from Nacogdoches, me from Conroe, and they kicked our tails every year uh, in the Dixie State Tournament. Um, and we played in – actually, I think we played in Texarkana one year in the state tournament against each other. So we we were rivals – 
Um, and I still remember um, when we were, he was at, he was at Northeast Texas and, you know, they're, they're asking about some, you know, they asked me about a couple of Texas guys they're like, Hey, do you know this Sealy guy? He's down in Northeast. He can really hit. And I was like, yeah, I know him, but he, you know, I don't remember what word I used. I was like, yeah, he yeah. might be kind of a jerk or whatever. And, and coach Childers looked at me, he goes, well, so are you on the field? He goes, wouldn't you rather play with him than against him? And I was like, good point. He can really hit. And uh, so, yeah, rest is history. He came on a visit. I think I was actually his host maybe. Um, and we, we still vacation together pretty much every summer. So um, one of my truest, dearest friends and, and, you know, baseball brought us together. Um, you know, he's no longer coaching in college baseball anymore, but, um, you know, he's still going to be involved in the game and our, our wives are dear friends. Our kids are like cousins. Uh, they're like family. And, um, so yeah, it's, it's amazing how baseball can kind of bring, bring people together. So coach told me in like February, March, you know, he's thinking about getting out, whatever. Okay. So we start putting together this plan, you know, me and him talking. So like in June, I mean, Carrie at USA sticks are playing after the game, we play 12 game one. So guy, guy stops me. He's like, hey, you the sticks coach that knows Justin Sealy pretty well? I'm like, yeah, we kind of, you know, small talk. And it just hit me. I was like, hey, don't you dare think about hiring me. Like, don't you dare. He's like, no, 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 we're not. We're not. No, no, no. So out of nowhere, one day, Scott Minnie sends me a text, and he's like, Sealy's going to coach summer ball? And I knew immediately. Like, I had been on Twitter. I was like, damn, he went to 12. So <laughs> I said, I didn't even go to Twitter. I sent Sealy a, te- a text. I was like, I'm pissed. He was like, you'll get over it immediately. Because he had, he had told me, he's like, I want to go to Jupiter with the sticks. Or not like, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but, you know, like, whatever. So he was like, you know, I want to stay in baseball, like, go to sticks, whatever. So I was kind of pissed. But anyway, hopefully hopefully those guys will screw it up and he'll need, he'll need, he'll need his baseball fix with somebody else. But anyway, <laughs> he, seemed, he seems happy. So. Um, so, Coach, obviously you're a good player. Some would say maybe a better coach. I don't really know. But uh, you, you got your start. Back then um, – assistant or volunteer coaching was a little bit different. I think um, you guys actually worked the red shirts and stuff out. I think um, especially on the road when, when the team was on the road and stuff like that. But I think you maybe got started off coaching in the mink league and being, being a volunteer from Nebraska and ended up at A&M kind of take me through that journey. Yeah. Yep. So um, fifth year in college, I uh, kind of had to make a decision at the end of my playing career was, you know, didn't get drafted, um, obviously disappointed in that, but had to make a decision. Do I want to try to go the free agent route? Do I want to try to go play independent ball? And or do I want to start kind of figuring out what I want to do with my career and kind of made the decision that I was going to be done playing. Um, I just I felt like my, my playing days were over um, and I wanted to try to figure out where I wanted to go um, in baseball. And so I was encouraged to, to stay involved with the game. And like you said, that, that first year was actually me and me and Seeley. Um, we weren't actually on the staff, but we were just still in school. So they, we were, we would help work out the, the red shirts when the team was on the road and, and just kind of run them through some stuff and, and uh, kind of got, got the itch that way. And uh, then ended up being the, the, um, graduate manager went to grad school um, at Nebraska under the, the encouragement of uh, Andy Sawyers, uh, who's the head coach at Southeast Missouri now. Um, and, and Rob Childers basically said, Hey, you know, this is probably going to be a good route for you. Why don't you, why don't you go to grad school um, here at Nebraska? Uh, we'll kind of create this position for you. Um, called it the graduate manager. Um, and it was a non-coaching position, but it was a, it allowed me to kind of start, 
my path, uh, being around those guys in a different capacity on the, on the coaching side of it allowed me to be around the game. Um, and then I was promoted basically to volunteer coach the next year. Uh, so that was the 05 team. Um, I played on some good teams, but I think the 05 team was the best team in school history. Uh, won the only game in Omaha, won 57 games that year. That was my introduction to college coaching. <laughs> it was a 57-win team uh, with the number two overall draft pick and Golden Spikes winner Alex Gordon uh, on that team and a um, bunch of big leaguers. I think there were five big leaguers on that club. Um, Jabba, so, Jabba was on that team too, huh? Yeah, Jabba was our Friday guy. Uh, he was a Nebraska Kearney transfer, uh, late bloomer. Um, yeah, I mean, just a huge uh, addition to that club um, in 05. But we had a – I think we led the nation in ERA that year. Uh, Coach Childers had put together a pretty oh, good staff. R.D. Spates was on that team. What's that? Was it R.D. on that team? No, R.D. was – he was long gone by then. He, okay. he was uh, – yeah, he was my age, so he was he was all playing pro ball at that point. But um, yeah, some some really good. Brian Dunzing was on that team. Zach Kronicky, Tony Watson, um, Jabba. I may be leaving some guys out. I yeah, apologize, yeah. but um, but yeah. So there there were five big leaguers on that team and uh, some really good players. So um, started coaching there, and then Rob gets the job at Texas A and M that summer. Brings me down there. I get married um, to my wife, Lauren, um, and we're both from Texas that summer. And so it was a no-brainer. Hey, we're going to go to College Station. We'll be closer to home. Um, And I get to kind of do something different, right? Um, Had been in Nebraska for seven years at that point between my playing career and and as I started coaching. So I wanted to see something different. And ironically enough, it was my dream school out of high school was to to go to to Texas A&M. So now I'm kind of early in my journey as a coach um, with the Aggies and um, I'm there for a couple of years. And then, as you know, after two years there, um, that's when I make my way to Texarkana, Texas. Were you and Lauren Dayton? Was she living in Lincoln with you? Yep. Yep. So she, she was finishing up. She was finishing she up school. She went to Kansas, right? Yep. Originally um, she went to KU and, um, and then she was finishing up when I was at Nebraska um, so yeah, it was the timing was great uh, for us to to move back to Texas and and us to be um, in College Station and at Texas A and M, you know, at a place that you know um, was had a legend that was coaching there for a long time and Coach Johnson. So we were honored to be able to to come down there to to A and M and and I think the 06 team we had a rough year, but the 07 team we had one of the largest turnarounds in NCAA history. Um, we ended up. Hosting a regional that year and lost in game three to Rice right right before we went to Omaha. So the the worst thing for you, you you get the, I mean I'm just spitballing here. You get the Texarkana job in like June, but there's like two weeks left in your season. Yeah, because you're still playing in the supers. I mean, you might yeah. not even went to regionals when they give you the head job. Um, awful situation for you because you <laughs> you th- I mean. Coach, if y'all don't win game three, you might not have had a team when you got – they might not – they might have to take the whole year off. Yeah. I mean, because, I mean, you only had like 22 players when you got there anyway. So, um, you – how – take me through the – take me through the interview process. Obviously, Texas County College means a lot to me and you. Um, Rob had coached there. Coach Van Horn had coached there. Dags had coached there. You had all the ties. You you know, um, but still was a job that a lot of people wanted. Obviously, Mansinger had screwed it up. Um, Mass was in the running. 
It was a very desirable position. Um, take me through the interview process and take, I mean, did you want to leave A&M? Obviously at this point, you probably want to, you want to take the next transition in your career. You probably want a full paying job. The volunteer at A&M might've made more in Texas Canada say, coach, I have no idea, but take me through the whole, gotta be a lot of ebb and flows. You, you got a chance to go to Omaha. You got a chance to be a head coach for the first time. You, you need to start recruiting for your new job. You need to, you know, worry about the kids being Aggies. You, there's just a lot going on. Take me through all that. <clears throat> yeah, it was, it was a lot of, a lot of moving parts. So I guess to, to go all the way back to the, the process. So um, I, I guess this was back in May. Um, so Texarkana season had ended or was about got, to end. They got upset. In the, yep. In the regional um, knew they were loaded that year, had a really good team. Um, as you said, the head coach at the time had been fired, I think during the season, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. So some different things going on. We had five, we actually had five guys on our team at Texas A&M that had played at Texarkana. Um, so pretty aware of the entire situation there. Um, I, I would not have had the opportunity, number one, to probably get an interview, um, if not for all those guys that you name. Coach Deggs, Coach Van Horn, and Coach Childers had all coached at Texarkana. Um, they had put in a good word for me with Frank Coleman, who was the president at the time at Texarkana College. Um, went on an interview there uh, during our season at Texas A&M. Um, he had offered me the job, and I accepted it pretty much right away. Um, I've been a volunteer coach now for three years, one at, one at Nebraska and then two at Texas A&M. I knew, I knew it was time to kind of go do something different. And the one thing I hadn't done yet was recruit. I hadn't gone on the road and recruited. I, I'd, you know, done the on-campus stuff, but hadn't hadn't really gone and, and, and done my own thing uh, from that standpoint. So couldn't be more grateful for those guys um, kind of just get, putting me in a position to have a chance to get that job. And uh, as you said, the timing couldn't wasn't great. Um, it was May. We were still playing. I, I remember, I think I accepted the job actually right before the Big 12 tournament. And, and I kind of had to have a conversation with the coaching staff there at A&M. Like, hey, I, I'm, you know, I've got this job. I can't. One of the other things is at the time, the rule was any volunteer coach could not make any phone calls whatsoever uh, to like any prospects, which by virtue of me being at Texas A&M, the, the kids at Texarkana who are now my players um, would be considered prospects. So I couldn't call, make contact, nothing with any of those players that were going to be on my team. So that made it very, very difficult. Um, but I, you know, we had a really good team at A&M. Um, we had a chance to, you know, to be a regional host type team. I made the decision to stay at Texas A&M. We ended up winning the Big 12 tournament. And by virtue of doing that, we ended up hosting a regional, which we won. Um, and we were really close to going to Omaha. So I, I wanted to see that through. That was important to me. I didn't want to leave that team. Um, felt like even though I was a volunteer coach, I could make an impact, um, you know, on that squad. And um, plus we were really good and I wanted to have a chance to win another championship. So it was difficult, um, you know, and, and having conversations with coach Seeley at the time too, he was the volunteer at Nebraska. And so um when he kind of had made the decision, he had some other things that he could have gone and done different jobs. Um, And then when it kind of came down to it and he's like, I think I'll, yeah, it sounds good. We'll, we'll both be a Texarkana together. Um, He was able to maybe start the process a little bit earlier because I think they lost out in the regional round that year. 
Um, so he was able to help help kind of salvage some things before I actually was able to to get going. And so uh, that's kind of how that went down. We lost, like I said, in game three of the Supers. Um, I took the job. We moved up there. And, and the thing that astounded me right away was how the talent level in the city of Texarkana, oh, my God, you got to be kidding me with some of these dudes that we roll up to the dog pound, guys hitting in the cages, and you see Will Middlebrooks and Zach Fowler and David Alday and – um, I mean, some dudes, um, there and they're all six foot four and, you know, just look like, look like big leaguers. So, um, pretty, pretty amazing, pretty, pretty incredible, um, group of players and, and, um, had a awesome experience at, at Texarkana. So two questions had, had, did you interview for the head job before Texarkana was done playing or are they already done playing? Oh, uh, they were, I think they were done. I think they were done playing at the time. Yeah. So there was, there was, I think there was a time period in May there um, where their season had ended and we were still playing. Um, I, I think that's the way it went down. I, I can't recall the details of that, but um, I'm pretty certain it was when they were done playing. What do you think would have happened if y'all went to Omaha? <laughs> well, like you said, who knows? I mean, we ended up having 22 players on that team. We may have had 18, 17, 18. Um, I think Justin, you know, he would have he would have been able to maybe kind of keep it together somewhat um, just based on, you know, being able to get a little bit more of a head start than I did on that on that job. So I'd like to think that maybe that would have still worked itself out. But, um, yeah, who knows? I mean, we I think we ended up that by the end of the regional, I think we only had like 17 healthy players on that team. Unfortunately, that's correct. Yep. Coach, you become a head coach in 2008. What, what, how old do you, do you think you are then? I think I'm 27 when I get the head job. How much of a disaster was it compared to what you thought it'd be? <laughs> okay, well, disaster. It wasn't be... nearly. It wasn't nearly as good a job on the outside as people thought. I mean, it was good talent, well, but there was definitely some holes in the armor. Yeah, I mean, again, you think Re- about respectfully. I love, I love Texas College, but respectfully. Yeah. Well, again, you, you think about you're you're talking about a. Uh, I played Division One baseball right out of college or right out of high school for four years, and then all I had done is coach at the Division One level. Even at, even if I was the low man on the totem pole, uh, so everybody had kind of always done everything for me at that point, right? I mean, I never had to work on the field and be the field maintenance guy. I never really had to do anything. Uh, you got free shoes. You got the Adidas contracts. You got this and that, and um, you had a secretary um, who did everything for you. You had Jason Hutchins at Texas A and M, who was the ops guy who did everything. You know, so like you just kind of maybe take for granted a little bit how big the job can be if you don't have all those support staff. Um, so yeah, getting a Texarkana honestly was the best thing that could have happened to me. Um, because there was a lot of hats I had to wear and it wasn't just coaching, you know, it was field maintenance. It was, you know, dealing with people breaking into your equipment room and stealing all your stuff, your office. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The office. Janitor, janitor broke into your office. That's right. God, I forgot about that one. Chase. Or somebody was keeping money for you and got fake getting robbed. That's right, man. There was a lot of, a lot of, a lot we of life a, lessons. We had a homeless guy come in there with a sledgehammer. And we were cleaning out the uh, press box one day. We had the – remember, we used to have the big uh, 
like storage building that they ripped apart and took all the baseballs and stuff out. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And one year your coach the year we were so good, we didn't play one game on our home field. No, that's right. We had uh Spring Lake Park is still there and it's aptly named Spring Lake Park because we had an inordinate amount of rain that that uh fall and, and early spring and the springs literally uh got activated underneath the underneath Spring Lake Park. So yeah, it was uh unplayable for the entire season. So luckily we had some awesome local coaches um, at, at LE, um, PG and, and uh, Texas high. And we played not a single game at George Dobson field at Spring Lake park um, that, that year and won a championship. So um, I just heard this week, literally that they're going to turf uh, George Dobson. Okay. Well, that's, that was something that, you know, we had looked at doing uh, when I was there. I mean, obviously the, the field was not in great shape ever. Um, I remember one of the, the every single morning, uh, my routine was to drive by Dobson on the way to the office. my office and make sure that the pump had not blown up. <laughs> that, that pump, man, that pump was like the death of all of us. I mean, it, it must have, it must have blown out probably five times and flooded the field five times and, they, so, uh, we got a friend and he, he met with the city and he wanted my advice and they wanted me to come to something. And he goes, well, they just want to turf the infield. And I was like, Hey, that infield will dry away before that outfield. Now. I mean, just wasting yeah. money. I mean, you know, yeah. but we coach Van Horn, they graced him and Wes when Wes was still there. They asked me to come to camp one time and I was very humbly, like not bragging, but like, that was awesome. I got to spend, I got with coach Van Horn. And at one point, nobody was saying anything. It was really quiet. And coach Van Horn goes, Man, I bet that damn right field at George Dobson is wet right now. And it was like the funniest thing anybody's ever said. Because I guarantee you, I mean, there's a chance on that Saturday, whatever year and day that was, it was wet right then. Uh, but, man, so a lot of good memories at Texarkana. Um, started off rocky. Some unbelievable players on that 08 team. Uh, unfortunately, Region 14 is like coaching in the SEC. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's a little bit tough at times. Navarro, um, Panola, Texarkana, Bozier, um, essentially everybody, but, you know, La Morris and Northeast was a tough, tough weekend for us. Um, 33 wins was, was, was good, but, um, the region was even tougher. Um, and maybe the best player in the region gets hurt and Justin Coates, the first, second, third inning of the first game. So, very, very, very great year, all things considered. A lot of um, man, a lot of personalities on that team. Uh, just you know, one of them being my best friend, Cameron Forte didn't make it very long. Jason Chowning, Justin Coach, Jerry Watch, a lot of great players, great personalities. Thomas Watson, uh, you know, you you did a hell of a job. I I would really like to know what a twenty eight year old Will Bolt. Said to his wife every day when he, how many times did you go home and go, I should have stayed in college baseball? Never, never actually said that. Um, really? It, again, I think you're lying. No, take your no, 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 never, never said that. Cause I think we knew, we knew the, you know, we knew, I, I guess we probably didn't know everything we were getting into at the time, but we knew it was part of our journey and it wasn't going to always be perfect. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of, like you said, a lot of big personalities that first year, a lot of really good players too. Um, and we, we kind of, I learned the DH rule, like the back of my hand that year, cause we didn't have any, any, uh, you know, very many players. So 
David Phillips ended up turning into a really good left-handed pitcher that year. Um, went to Ole Miss as a power hitting left-handed left-handed hitter. Um, and you know, we had, we had just made do with what we did and we just, you know, we had, I had Justin Seeley there with me. Brad Flanders was there with me. Um, Where'd y'all find Flanders then? Uh, so, so Brad was, uh, he was coaching with the sluggers at the time. Uh, Dave Bingham ran the sluggers and he was coaching with them and, and wanted to get into college ball. So, um, we had played, we hadn't played, against each other, but I had coached at Nebraska when he was at Mizzou. So knew the name. Um, so yeah, let, let me back up a little bit, Chase. I, I can't forget this part of it. You'd ask about the transition between A&M and Texarkana. One of the things, like I said, I couldn't call anybody, but what I had, I had asked Frank Coleman, the president to tell all the players was here's my number, call me. Um, and I can, I can do that and I can have conversations with the current staff. Well, None other than Chase Brewster was the very first phone call that I got from not a current player, obviously. No, we're still good. We're good. Phone call was from none other than Chase Brewster. And uh, I still remember you telling me, hey, coach, like, this is who I am. I, you know, I just graduated from T high, you know, I talked to the previous coaching staff about coming and being a manager in Texarkana. Um, just want to make sure you were still good with that. And I'm thinking, man, I got no idea. Like, I, I don't even know who my players are, but sure. Um, I, I do, I do remember hanging up the phone call and going, man, that was impressive that a high school kid that was going to come be a student manager was had the, fortitude to pick up the phone and be my very first phone call. Um, and so that was, I, I can't, I can't leave that out. That That's a big, well, big I appreciate part of the history that. right there. <laughs> well, you know, coach, I, I would, uh, I would have been very, 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 very heartbroken if I'd have went somewhere else as I was just, just named alumni of the month at Texarkana college. So, you know, I'd be very heartbroken if I would have went to Weatherford. So I am very glad that I made that phone call. So I appreciate you answering yeah. in the middle of all that. So, uh, Coach, 2018 was kind of good, kind of bad. But 2019 was really good other than one day. The hottest day of my life was sitting in that damn first base dugout at Blinn College against the Fighting Gators. But other than that, uh, it was it was a really good year. A lot, of, I mean, it was one of the best years of my life. I mean, there was a 40 and 15, won the regional, played in the final, or won the conference played in the regional finals um really good year coaching by you that i remember i mean we lost coach Seeley, which kind of sucks he 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 uh you know a lot of antics by Seeley in 08 that was very funny um you know throwing the bucket of balls at zach fowler the yelling at gip Hendricks and david david phillips that we could only have one dh every game you know stuff like that so <laughs> we didn't have we replaced him with Coach Harvell wasn't there in 09, was it? Do we have Winnie first? Let's see. We had 08 was Seeley Flanders. 09 would have been Flanders and Winnie. And then 10 and 11, uh, Lance Harvell was there with us, who's now currently my recruiting coordinator here and doing a great job. So um, I, like, I like Lance a lot. 09, um, good things happened in 09. You, I remember you – I guess you told me – we didn't have enough players in 08 to scrimmage. So in 09, yeah. it felt like there was four teams of players on the first day. 
which as a guy who knew nothing coming out of high school, who wanted to be a college coach, you had dreams and aspirations and, and trying to learn and just trying to be an office rat, and pick your brain. You know, now we're having these things like competition, you know, this team versus that team. And we got scrimmages every day and competition day, all this stuff. And I'm thinking like, how the hell is he going to get all these guys in? Well, now I'm like, well, this shit's normal. You know, what's not normal is to have 17 players. We had, we had Trevor Rainey, an outfielder that had never played infield, finish the season at second base in the regional because we didn't have enough players. Now we have all-state players on the bench because we now we're a real college program. And in yeah. return, we end up playing San Jack in the, in the regional final, um, which set up the run in 2010, which was another great year. For some reason, must have been bad rain. It looks like maybe didn't get to play as many games, but went 36 and 21, won the conference again. Um, for some reason, I think that was the year maybe Panola got rings too, but they were the two seed. I don't know why they got rings, but um, we actually beat Lon. That was the year we beat Lon Morris at Texarkana to win the conference. Yep, I think right. Lon Morris right. had one conference win that year. They beat Navarro, who was very talented, I think, um, and. We won the conference. Uh, I left in 10 because you got rid of me. It was the best thing ever happened to me. I remember being very disappointed and whatever. I went on to do semi-good things, and um, you obviously did semi-good things. So it worked out good for both of us. I was mad at the time, but you got rid of me, and it worked out really good. Um, 2011. Well, hey, let, let, me inter- let, me, let me interrupt you yeah, for yeah. a second. Get, getting rid of you. In hindsight, you can look back and think it wasn't getting rid of it. It was just like, hey, you need to go spread your wings, Chase. Just like every young coach, you know, like you got to go spread your wings. And I don't like uh, change. Unfortunately, go go learn something different. Go go be part of something different. And you did some really good things um, when you left Texarkana. So I think that was that. I'd like to think that that helped set, set set you up for success that you've had. Well, you know, I appreciate that. And that's why I say semi-father figure in the opening. Because, you know, now that I'm older, I, and I told you this before, and you were one of the first people that knew what I needed to do before I knew. Now, the beauty of mm-hmm. you is you kind of know what people need to do, and when they don't do it, they're kind of dead to you. Like, you don't really give me any second. You're like, hey, all right, I told you. Good luck. Um, yeah, you did give me a second chance. It took my dad kind of begging. But you, you were good to me. And, like, now I know what I know, and I look at kids, and I'm a little bit of the same way, like, I told his dumbass, like, hey, you need to do that. I told him, like, all right. Uh, but, you know, that I'm very appreciative of you. And you absolutely, because I don't really like change. I, no, I don't think humans really do like change. Um, that's why you've been at Nebraska forever. You know, change is hard, coach, you know. So uh, I, I didn't want to leave. I, I knew we had a good team coming back. You finished second in 2011. If John Phillips would have just made a few more plays at short, you might have won the conference. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. John's not going to listen to this, so I can say that. Um, so today's going to be a really big day for John, I think. I'll tell you off the air, but August 4th at 1040, today's going to be a really big day for John. I'm proud of John. Um, but I'll jokes aside, 2011 was a good year. I, I, you finished second. I think it was a pretty close run. Um, had a good team, had a lot of good players back. Unfortunately, Tina Enriquez and some of those group, yeah, it had a bunch of really good two-year starters, um, really good two-year starters. Um and then I don't know at what point you knew you were going to Nebraska. Like, was that always in the cards? Or had you been getting other inquiries during this time? Obviously, you don't want to live in Texarkana forever. Um, I mean, at what point did you know, like, hey, I'm, I'm moving on? Yeah, so um, I, I think just like I just said, I mean, 
you, you kind of get a, a feeling that you need something different, something new, um, move on and you don't want to ever get comfortable, um, in a situation. And so, you know, I was there at Texarkana for four years and, and along the way, I guess, to answer your question, um, after the second year, I had a couple of division one opportunities that had, had come up that I just didn't feel comfortable, you know, leaving Texarkana for, um, and then after the third year, um, similar type situation and, and not, and some of them weren't my, my choice. Um, I was in the running for a couple of, of jobs that I would have been really excited about at the division one level as an assistant and, and got passed up. And, and that was kind of, you know, if you think kind of, I, I think back um, at the trajectory of my career, you know, had a, a playing career that most, most kids would dream of, right. Playing the college world series, win a lot of games, um, at, at that point in time had been a part of uh, a number of, of championship teams as a coach, as a young coach and kind of being, being passed up a couple of times as a 28, 29 year old for jobs that I thought that I was ready for and qualified for and could have made an impact at. I, I that was probably the best thing that could have happened to me because it really fueled the fire even more, um, to continue to to just do what I do and, and put my head down and work hard. And, uh, you know, I, it, the, the job in Nebraska had come open after that fourth year at Texarkana. I had actually interviewed for the head job um, at Nebraska at 31. I was 31 and I thought I was ready for it. In hindsight, looking back, no way in hell would I have been ready for that job at 31. Um, would have been a lot, a lot of learning going on. Uh, but Darren Erstad got the head job and uh, he hired me as his associate head coach. Um, so obviously going back, coming here, a place that I was um, very familiar with, um, had had a lot of success at, was really excited. Uh, bittersweet, obviously, but it was time. It was time to move on from junior college. And, and that was my goal was to be back in Division One as an assistant coach and ultimately as a head coach. So it, it was time to move on. A lot of fond memories at TC there, um, but kind of moving up the ranks to the Division One level was what I wanted. How sad was it when you heard they were getting rid of the program? Incredibly sad. Yeah, I mean, just to think about the tradition and history um, of baseball in the city of Texarkana, the number of good players that had come through there, the number of great coaches that have gone through there. Um, I knew there were some financial problems um, at the time, uh, but there was a lot of state funding that got cut back, you know, and they had to make a decision, a tough decision. And um, cutting sports was one of those. And that was obviously real tough. I mean, Coach Harvell was there. Uh, so he went through that, that, that year, um, knowing that, that was going to be the last year of Texarkana College, so he can always say he was part of that that last team, that last group. I know they had a, a really good year that year as well. So, um, yeah, really, really sad to hear that, um, and um, knowing that how much good baseball has gone gone through Texarkana. So, obviously, not much time left in this interview, and, and want to get to to where you're at now. So, kind of give me just the quick rundown of the associate head coach at Nebraska. Obviously, you love Lincoln, but you decided to go back to College Station with Rob. Uh, you, you love College Station as much as you do Lincoln. Um, kind of take me through that that stretch of – it seems like a blur now probably to you, but take me through all that back and forth and, and then how you end up back in Lincoln as the head coach. Yeah, so um, was was at, at Nebraska the 2012, 13, and 14 years, um, and 
you know, had played at Nebraska in the Big 12. Now that now Nebraska's moved to the Big 10. And so I'm with Nebraska the first year we moved to a new conference. Um, and there had not been a, a regional uh, for Nebraska since 2008. You know, we had this great run from basically 99 to 08, or I guess 05, where we went to Omaha three times. Um, they hosted a regional, I believe, in 06. But they had not been to a regional since 2008. Uh, so that was kind of the, the driving force there was to, to get Nebraska back to that point. And, and we were able to do that in 14. We had a really good season, good team, um, and, and got Nebraska back to a regional. Um, and kind of, again, three years into it, I felt like um, I, I would have been I would have been happy staying here at Nebraska, but I did have this opportunity to rise back in College Station, Texas A&M. The last time I was there was in the Big 12. Now they're in the SEC. Thought that would be an amazing um, experience to be able to go back and coach with my mentor, Coach Childress, um, my best friend, Justin Seeley. Um, we had a heck of a run there for five years. Um, I think in that five-year time frame that the, the three of us were together, I think we had the third most wins in NCAA um, in, in that five-year uh, time frame. So went to Omaha once, uh, hosted um, – a couple of regionals, went to three super regionals, um, did a lot of really good things. And then uh, 2019, after five years, um, had a chance to get hired back here in my alma mater, my dream job. Uh, the job that when I first got into coaching, um, that I felt like I always wanted to hold this seat that I'm holding right now, which to be the head coach in Nebraska. So obviously very, very thrilled to be back here um, and very thankful for all the you know, all the steps along the way that have allowed me to get back back here that's been fun reminiscing about today. You get the head job, your first year is 2020. COVID is obviously just an awful situation for so many reasons, and baseball is at the very bottom of that. But um, the first year has got to be – the first year of being a Division One head coach is going to be hard on anybody. But in the middle of COVID, it's got to be awful for you. And then to have the season canceled – um, kind of take me through that just just experience but then you come back in 21 and, and you win the conference and you make a regional for the first time in a while for Nebraska yeah I mean it, it was uh you don't you don't there's no handbook to prepare you for having to stand in front of a bunch of young men and tell them that their season is over uh, for reasons that they can't control um, had nothing to do with wins and losses and everything to do with uh, with the with the pandemic that was going on. Uh, there was nothing in the manual uh, that, that prepared me for that, that's for sure. And for that to be my very first um, year as a head coach, um, pretty crazy. So I, I would just say in general, you know, the year I was hired in 2019, college baseball looks completely different now than it did then. I mean, a lot's changed with the portal becoming a thing with NIL, um, just with, with the shortened draft. Um, with Major League Baseball, with them cutting back on the number of teams in Minor League Baseball. I mean, college baseball's changed tremendously in a really short amount of time. Um, so there's been a lot of moving parts here, a lot of a lot of adjustments, adaptment, you know, adapting, um, trying to trying to make sure that we're up to speed with where we need to be. So yeah, a lot of a lot of growing going on the first couple of years, and um, a lot of a lot of crazy things have happened. Some good, some bad, um, and wouldn't trade it for anything. The thing about Nebraska is, and I don't know what pre-99 was. Obviously, there were some good players like anywhere else. Um, but 99 to, to 05, 06, like you talked about, a lot of really good players, a lot of good alumni. 
a lot of professional players. Did did all those guys kind of come back out? Did you hear the kind of alumni fan base kind of come back out in the or the twenty one season? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, obviously, um, you know, a lot, a lot of guys took a lot of pride in those first years, kind of getting the program going. So, you know, having a chance to to be uh, a team that won the conference, and and you know, we felt like we were we were worthy of a host that year. Um, you know, ended up getting sent to Arkansas and, and playing well in that regional. But um, yeah, a lot of lot of excitement there. A lot of lot of people that were, um, you know, just just a lot of pride that goes on in, in you know Nebraska's history. That that was a, a fun year, kind of reminiscent a little bit of of some of the glory days where you're making a run in postseason. So um, yeah, a lot lot of fun there. Um, and you know we've we've been able to haven't won a conference championship since, but pretty awesome to see a couple of my guys this year go in the first couple of rounds in the draft. Um, and, you know, that, that's what you got to have. Uh, you've got to have um, the talent, um, especially college baseball is as good as it is today. You've got to have that, that top end talent. You got to have the depth of talent. If you want to, if you want to play with the big boys. So, um, you know, excited about the future here at Nebraska, what we've got um, the facilities, the fan base and, and um, you know, couldn't be happier. So you talked about that regional going to Arkansas. What's it like um, when you play when you coach against Coach Van Horn? Is it awkward? Uh, not really. You know, we had we had been you know head to head a few times. Um, they had actually come down here and played in Lincoln when I was an assistant. Uh, we went and played there at Arkansas when I was an assistant, um, and then obviously the the five years that we were in the SEC competing against each other. Um, you know, we had we had gone head to head quite a few times at that point in time. So uh, kind of the unfortunate part of it was the storyline, um, you know, the pupil versus the the mentor that it just, it kind of took a little bit away, I think from maybe the team, the players that we had here made the storyline, you know, maybe about him and I, you know, coaching against each other, um, which I, I wasn't a huge fan of, but, Obviously, I got all the respect in the world for Coach Van Horn. Um, he's an amazing coach. He's done great things. And, um, you know, it was fun. It was fun going head-to-head against him, head coach versus head coach for the first time. And, and um, you know, I kind of like seeing him nervous over in the other dugout instead of being uh, <laughs> being on that same side. But, no, it was it was a lot of fun. And, and uh, I thought we had a team that could have won could have won that regional and it could have gone either way, but they had a, they had a great team. Unfortunately, he had Kevin Copps. It wasn't about pupil or, you know, Peter. It was about Kevin Copps, unfortunately. Yeah, fortunate for for Arkansas and fortunate for for us, yeah. So 22 and 23, you know, I I keep up with Nebraska a little bit because I love you. The the portal kind of hurt you, you know. Um, Some of those things you talked about earlier, 2024, you know, you've done a lot of really good things. You brought Coach Childers back into the – to the staff and, and have added some pieces. So, uh, you know, kind of just wanted to give you a second to talk about 2024. I know you guys got a lot of good things in, in the fold. and I know it's going to be a exciting year for you guys. Yeah, as you said, I mean, I was able to kind of come full circle um, and, and hire Rob Childers as my pitching coach um, this summer. Um, he was the architect of all those great teams that we've talked about here in Nebraska and then obviously had a lot of success as head coach at Texas A&M for all those years. And um, so we've got one of the very best pitching guys in the country, bar none, 
um, back here leading leading the pitching staff uh, for the Huskers and, and um, had a chance to add Mike Sirianni to our staff, who um, is a dynamic recruiter in his own right. Um, been at Wichita State the last four years. He's been a head coach, um, just knows knows players. And, um, you know, he's going to do a tremendous job for us working with hitters and fielders and recruiting. Um, so a lot of excitement here. Um, got our foot in the door with a lot of really good players. Um, and, you know, excited about the, the players we have returning. We lost some talent, but feel like we got a lot of good guys back. And uh, I've got a pretty dynamic staff in place that's done a lot of winning and, um, you know, knows what it's supposed to look like. So the future's bright. Um, excited about, you know, where we're at with, with Husker baseball. And, and um, you know, can't wait to see what, what it brings in 24. Two questions I like to ask every coach, and then I'll wrap it up with our final questions. Give me the best player you've ever recruited. Maybe not a sign, but recruited. Ooh. <clears throat> best player ever recruited. Um, well, this is I, I, maybe an easy answer for you. I just had a our second baseman went in the second round, Max Anderson. He's the best hitter I've ever coached. So I well, and the, well, hold on. The next question is: Give me the best player you've ever coached. So. Best player. Uh, it's hard to say, man. I, I mean, I had a first rounder and a second rounder on this team. Braden Shoemake went in the first round in 2019 uh, at Texas A&M. Um, even some guys that that you don't nobody's ever heard of, but maybe Chase Brewster, Justin Coates was one of the best players I've ever coached. Um, that guy was super talented. Um, so yeah, a lot of, lot of really good players through the years. Um, kind of hard to pinpoint one, a lot of high draft picks, but there's also some of those guys, the Trey Bucks of the world, you know, at Texarkana college and just some of those grinders that maybe nobody knows about. Um, those are guys that were really good players in their own right. All right, coach. I like to end every interview with what I call five moments of truth. You can answer these are as long as as short as you would like to. Question one, give me the best advice you've ever received and who it was from. Best advice would be bet on yourself. Um, and that was kind of the, like I said, the urging my parents gave me to uh, to bet on myself. I To go to Nebraska uh, right, out of, right out of high school, bet on yourself. Give me the biggest mentor you've ever had. Well, that one's pretty easy. Um, Rob Childers, um, who ironically, like I said, is now my, my pitching coach. So he was the reason that I made it to Nebraska in the first place. Um, he's the reason that, that um, you know, I ended up uh, getting into coaching. And, and um, you know, in baseball, it's Rob Childers um, and my father, um, who you made fun of me for being my best man. But uh, sorry. <laughs> As an only child, um, didn't have any siblings, and, and my dad kind of helped instill the love in the game for me. He did not; he wasn't a baseball player himself. He recognized uh, my love of the game at a young age and kind of encouraged me. He built a batting cage in my backyard. Um, you know, didn't throw BP, but bought a bought a pitching machine, and and um, man, he he kind of instilled that that work ethic in me. Um, you know, to to be uh, the player that I was. See, I can't really give you wedding advice because your best man was definitely a hum better human being than my best man because Cameron Forte was my best man. So, you know, it's, it's okay. Number three, give me the best up-and-coming guy in your profession. Mm. I'm going to pass on that one. 
Why? There's so many good ones out there, Coach. There there are. That's why I can't name one. I'm not going to do that. You just said you weren't soft to start the interview, Coach. I'm not I'm not soft. I'll go, Okay, I'll go Gunnar Hellstrom and Caleb Feekin, my two GAs here. How about that? Okay. Good for those guys. If anybody's watching, yep. those are two great up-and-coming people. Number four, give me your personal and professional goals for 2023 and 20, or 2024. Yeah, I mean, I think um, – you know, I've got a burning desire here at Nebraska to my, – my biggest thing is obviously, you know, you want to win. You want to do what it takes to win. Um, my thing is that the experiences that I was able to have here as a student athlete and a young man at Nebraska, I want to help recreate those uh, for my players here. And that, you know, the world treats winners different than losers. Um, the late Augie Garrido, I use that quote all the time. Um, you know, I want to help recreate those those uh, experiences for my players here at Nebraska uh, that I was able to have. That is a very good quote from Augie. I'm going to write that down because you know I might need that. I might need that for motivation one day. I like to end every interview with this last question. I like to leave it open ended. I started this podcast to be about change, Coach. Uh, the hashtag for this podcast is Change, Inspire, Motivate. I know you personally, so I know that you are a part of change. Uh, just kind of want to leave it open to you to kind of speak on how we could all make this place better, how we could all change, how we can inspire people, how we can motivate them, how we can just, uh, you know, if anybody's listening, how we can just make sure that uh, we're all being uh, just kind of inspirations for anybody, being good role models and uh, kind of just making this place better than we found it. Yeah, that's a, for me, um, authenticity and keeping it real. Um, I, I think the more we can be authentic um, with our feelings and, and uh, keep it real with, with people, um, whether, again, I'm not saying you want to, you know, you want to tell somebody something that's going to be detrimental to them, but I think authenticity is maybe something that's lost a little bit um, in today's society, and everybody's kind of worried about everybody else um, as feelings and, and just kind of, um, walking on eggshells at times. And, and I think just being true to yourself and, and just being an authentic, uh, version of yourself is probably the best way to go. And if we can all do that, I feel like, uh, we can make a difference and, and, um, you know, let's not worry about things that, you know, maybe, um, controversial or anything like that. Let's just be ourselves. Let's be the best version of ourselves. And, and, um, you know, let's just keep it real. Coach, you'll you'll never know how much it means to me that you came on the show. I'm very very thankful. I love you and your family. I'm very appreciative of you guys. I look forward to having many a dinners. Now that I have to come to Omaha four times a year, uh, I can't wait to see you guys again. And I hope that this experience wasn't as bad as you thought it'd be. And I really 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 appreciate you coming on the show today. Yeah, no, like I said, I'm proud of the young man that you've become and the, the life that you've made for yourself in and, in and out of baseball, man. So uh, what, what a, what a cool experience to be here and be able to kick it with you and reminisce and, uh, and keep it real. Right. Well, I appreciate that coach. If I can ever do anything for you, please let me know. Yeah, no doubt, man. Thank you very much. Good luck this season coach. Appreciate it. Thank you. He conducted himself like a knucklehead.